Welcome back to Life at Hobridge School, the podcast where we speak to pupils, to staff and to parents to find out what it's really like. In every episode, we'll be talking to members of the school community to hear real stories of life in the school. So let's get into this episode, looking at life at Hobridge School. Welcome. Today I'm joined by Eve um, and I think you're the assistant head early years at Hobridge. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, that's my title. And so how long have you been working at Hobridge? So I started at Hobridge in 2017, having lived abroad in Dubai, teaching internationally. I fancied a change, wanted to come home. So I was in the desert looking at schools and the first one I came across was this green, beautiful manor house, you know, white, beautiful buildings, all the trees. And I thought that as a contrast from my desert experience, (laughs) not far from where I grew up. Perfect. And I was fortunate enough to get the role and I joined, yes, in September 2017. So coming into my seventh year. Oh my goodness. Well, congratulations. And so for some people listening, you know, obviously they, we all know the kind of phrase early years, but just tell us a little bit about what actually is the early years. And a lot of people sort of say as well that early years is very important. Um, And so, and why did you perhaps choose to become an early years practitioner? So I've suddenly realized three questions in one, but anyway, I'll I'll let you take whichever one you like. We'll go with that. Thank you. I am early years, so I do need simple one-step instructions. (laughs) So firstly, early years has always been my passion from a very young, early part of my career. Um, At uni, I specialised in early years and French. And I just loved learning about the different areas of learning within the early years, the awe and wonder it brought to the classroom and how much a difference you can make in that early start of life. The children come to school our twigs start at two years old and they're learning to put their coat on independently. They're learning to sit at the dining table. They're learning to say their name and say, ask how you are and learning about their emotions. And they can really make a difference and have an impact. And if you don't get the building blocks right in the beginning of their early years, they do struggle as they go up the school. So we feel like we make the biggest difference in early years to prepare that child for their learning journey. <laughs> well, as you, as, you, as you put it like that, it does. It, you realise actually how important it is that some of those foundational steps and actually understanding. I mean, That's it seems right. very foresighted, yeah. particularly going to university and choosing early years, what had prompted you to think this is the area that I want to specialise in? So growing up, my mother was a teacher and she also did some childminding. So I was always around children. I've got two younger siblings myself and I was always a mother hen looking after them and helping them do different things and showing them and modelling how to do things. And I just felt I wanted to take that further and just again make a difference and um, I like being in charge I like um, helping others and then following my lead and I can help see them learning things that I've taught them sometimes as a you know a big sister not always the good things but I was quite a good I was a good little girl my, my sister was the naughty one so <laughs> I can't quite take credit for that but I feel that yes it's just nice to make a difference Thinking about your journey since when you actually left university to coming to Hobridge, you mentioned Dubai, but what, what else did you, have you done in between? And it will be interesting to know as well, what took you to Dubai? So my first role, my NQT year, as it was called back in the day, I was in a reception class and I worked in Slough, quite a large state school. And I learned a lot there and the classes were a lot bigger and we had a very diverse cohort. And it just taught me to be resilient. It taught me that just what taught me so many things I learned a lot about the curriculum a lot about extracurricular activities I took on the role as PE leader as well there and I taught not only early years for that I taught up to year six 
So I did get a nice range of experience and actually I still came back to the early years because that's where my passion lies. So after my slough, I was there for four years at Sippenham and I fancied a change, kind of a new, fresh challenge. I thought Australia was too far. My poor parents were thinking, gosh, that's a really long way. So then I looked slightly slightly closer to home and Dubai just stole my heart. So I was there for just over, well, just five years and came back and haven't looked back since. So I'm very happy here. It's a really special place to be. And I'm so proud of where I am now and just can't wait to see what the future brings. Are there any big differences between your job perhaps in Dubai and what you're doing now at Hobridge? In Dubai, I actually taught um, across the early years and then in year one as well. And I led quite a large team there as well. So similar leadership skills I learned in Dubai, I can transfer them to my English, my role here at Hobridge. Experiences, for example, some of our school trips, we went up to the top of the Burj Khalifa for a writing workshop to um, stimulate and engage those children in their writing which was a pretty surreal experience. Some of our children, we went swimming with sharks in the aquarium. So things like that, you don't think you would be doing on a, you know, on a school trip. But Dubai, you know, the possibilities are endless. Um, we did a boat trip around the world islands. To um, The children had to design their own desert island. So just, again, to hook them into that learning, we took them on this boat trip around the world islands to really engage them. So yeah, very fortunate to have this, those sorts of things at our fingertips. But then you can't beat a good farm trip and you can't beat a good, you know, we've been to the lookout many times here and it's still, the children are still so excited and they learn so much from those extra um, activities. It's wonderful. Do you know what, listening to you, I mean, obviously if your your passion is is infectious, but I also was sort of reminded that, you know, you mentioned like the twigs who learning how to put a coat on and then suddenly you're talking about school trips going up a very tall thing. I'm like, I find that just petrifying just even listening to it. I mean, what makes you actually get through a good school trip when you've got a whole lot of sort of four-year-olds and you've got to get them safely from one place to another? Absolutely. Well, organisation is key, of course. Yes. Um, and a very strong team. <laughs> and I'm very fortunate to work with an amazing team here and as, as I have in the past. And just trust. And parents trust us. And we, you know, we've earned that trust and we've um, worked very hard to ensure those children enjoy their time here and just it's good to take risks calculated risks but it has it's paid off so far um, our twigs actually at Hobridge their farm comes to visit them in this final term because I think getting well this year 39 little two-year-olds on a bus to go to the farm <laughs> might be a bit of a bit of a stretch I was about to say because I'm just thinking about you know obviously you've just got your new cohort and um, you know again starting right from the very beginning and being reminded I mean obviously it you know sounds like it is actually a lot of fun so just so tell us a little bit about because for parents when their children first start nursery it can feel like a huge event and particularly if they've being at home and also thinking about some parents particularly post you know all the things that have happened in the last few years what would you say if you had to give them three pieces of advice what would you say would help make this process easier yes absolutely it can be a, it is a big decision and lots of my friends are currently going through that process I see it from the other side as well which is really interesting um three pieces of advice the first one would be no question is too small any questions you have, definitely please ask the teachers, ask the admissions team. We are here to help. And it's really good to do your research and, you know, really understand what you are signing yourself up for and come and see the school, really get stuck in. We offer settling in sessions here, which are so valuable 
for the children because they have a little taster session as they each term and they you can just see their confidence building and building and it's just really useful then for them settling in in September and any questions you have we are here to answer them because we know that there will be a lot of questions and we we are here for that we have an open door policy for all of our current parents and the new parents coming in no question is too little it might seem you know silly to you but we will have the answer and you can just feel confident in that and kind of be ready so that'd be my first one secondly for all of our new parents coming in I'm actually a member of the social committee here at Hobridge, so I would definitely recommend um, getting stuck in. We do so many amazing um, social events for parents and children. And as a new family starting here, it is beneficial to join in, get to know other families and just to feel part of the Hobridge family, which is so lovely. So we try and encourage parents to do, we've got the colour run coming up. So parents um, are signing up and get the t-shirts are coming in and it's a good excuse for us teachers to <laughs> cover them in lots of lovely colourful paint powder and get as messy as possible. You know, I know on a normal school day we get very messy too. The children go home oh looking like... And this is for the parents? Yes, yes, and children. The, t- the colour run is a, is a whole family affair. There's you know, games and stalls and all sorts. Oh, and how often do you do that then? Yeah, so probably every half term... Uh-huh. Okay, great. And what other events do you have? So you've got the colour run, what else do type of things? The colour run, do? we've we had the open outdoor cinema last term, which was a big success, one of the really hot days. And um, we had three films and the families could turn up with their picnics um and watch either one film or all three films. And it was we had Matilda and we had the greatest showman, so the the field was alive with children and some grown-ups dancing and singing along, which was so amazing to see. We have a school ball biannually, which is a big um, hit with the parents. That is parents only. Um, And that's a really lovely time to just get together. Parents and staff, actually teachers, um, are invited to the school ball too. And I was at the last couple and we went to Denby's Vineyard last time. And it was a really fancy, a fancy evening to get dressed up and just have a lovely time with your friends. It was great fun. Oh my goodness, sounds amazing. So you've got two two pieces of advice so far. Okay, and I, I like it. Yeah. So I also think you're so right, as you say about advice, um, about asking every question, because it does feel quite anxious, doesn't it? Okay, and what's your third piece of advice if I had to pin you against my a wall? My third one? Oh gosh, well, I, well, thinking about, you know, the children are so young, time is so precious. And I feel like spending time with your child is just completely invaluable. So definitely that would be my third piece of advice. They're going to school, but the time that they're not in school, spend time with them, ask them questions, celebrate um, things that have happened in school. We really talk about that partnership here at Hobridge where we have the parents, the child and the teacher. And if you work together, then we can really get the best out of that child. So if you spend time at home doing different things, celebrating that's when we have like online platforms in early years. We can share those photos so the child can come in on the Monday morning and we can see photos from the baby brother's christening or send from their welly walk that weekend, their bike ride. So spending quality time with your child, it really does give them confidence. It develops their communication, their language, their self-belief and their, you know, just believe in themselves that they can do things. That like Maybe at school they struggle with their confidence side of things but in at home there they fly so it's just nice for us to have that communication with the parents and just spending time to do lovely things and that really echoes doesn't it the Hobridge ethos as well that's that kind of support and the fact that you are a kind of 
community and actually working together with parents as well. So just, I mean, one of the things you talked about earlier when you were talking about specialising in the early years, but actually how formative the early years is. And, you know, for, for some parents as well, actually, I mean, I'm sure they're aware of it. But what are some of the things that you do to support that at Hobridge and particularly for you as early years practitioners? Absolutely. So we pride ourselves on our um, learning environments and we prepare the learning environments to ensure that child feels safe at school. Um, they can access the learning and they can really develop those inquiring minds. So we call it self-led learning and they sometimes call it free flow in the reception years and the children develop their understanding through play. And the children think they're just playing, but actually we facilitated those activities and creative resources and question the children and for them to really progress and move along their learning journey. So from the beginning of Twigs, for example, they have um, like messy play, foam play, they're mark making. They don't realize they're doing these large gross motor movements to make marks in the foam, for example, but they're actually then gonna use that, transfer that skill to perhaps a smaller movement onto a piece of tracing paper and tracing over shapes. And then in reception, they start learning how to form the letters. So it's sort of the, a process from the, from the two-year-olds throughout into reception and beyond. Um, and in the early years, we really do see that those cogs beginning to turn and those sort of foundations being laid for all through play, fun, lots of singing. And obviously we do promote the children to learn indoors and outdoors as much as possible. We have a reflection of what's inside the classroom, outside the classroom. So the children choose throughout the day, which is just lovely to see. Okay, and that, yeah, that's really interesting, actually, when you say, like, children's choice, because obviously sometimes parents think, like, you know, is it a good idea to give my child a choice, and particularly when they're that age? So what does it, the, the, how does that benefit them, particularly in their learning and also their sort of, you know, their kind of cognitive development? Absolutely. Well, it just interests them. They get hooked in. So years gone by when I was at school, you know, we did dinosaurs every year because that's what you do in reception. You learn about dinosaurs. Whereas here, the children it's inquiry led. So they find out, they find something. For example, the other day we were looking at, they were on a forest walk and they found an acorn and we had, oh my goodness, what's this? Bring it in, let's have a look. This is in the nursery. And they had little hats on as well, little acorn hats. Oh, um, yes. And they were trying to put the hat on the acorn and working out what it is, where has it come from? Oh, it's come from a tree, so it must have been planted at some point. Can we plant the acorns? Yes, let's get some soil. And we left an investigation there for them to see and it actually began to grow some roots and we watered the acorn and then we looked at other things that grow and we've got our vegetable um, patch just outside the nursery um, where they had spotted some tomatoes growing. So they came out with their tomatoes. They weren't sure what they were. They could have been apples because they were green or were they tomatoes because then they returned red. Um, and it's just through discussion and just complete awe and wonder that then they went to go and plant the tomatoes to see if they grew a tomato plant. They went off to make seed packets for tomatoes. They were counting the seeds out. All the areas of learning encompassed within just one idea that stemmed from a child spotting something outside. And that's the joy of early is it can just be so child-led and it just hooks them in because it's what they think is their idea. They don't realise that we're, you know, moving them forward, challenging them, questioning them, supporting them where needed. But every child, and it's just so nice to see every child so engaged with their own little thing, um, which is sometimes a bit trickier as you go up the school, it's slightly more formal. 
Whereas the earliest we can have a lot of fun. Yeah, so it does sound like a lot of fun. And actually just that beautiful, just that sense of curiosity, isn't it? Just asking all those multitude of questions and making connections. And you're like, that is what you want in education. Um, it sounds exactly. really it's exciting. Exactly, the connections which really show that they're making that step forward they're learning yeah oh my goodness Eve so I yes like I'm definitely getting a sense of why this is uh the group that you were like this this is where I want to be this is why I want to do it and stuff yes, like that yes I'm Have very you passionate used... about it which is good because obviously in your role you got to make sure yeah absolutely Are you using your French at all you did mention that there was French that you studied yes. is, is that kind of do you do French in the early years very um informally we sometimes do the register in French we might sing a French song but when I first joined Hobridge, I was looking after French in year one and year two as well, um, which was great because we had a look at what was being done then and how we could maybe make it even better. So we've sort of revamped the French programme in the um, Key Stage 1 and I worked very closely with the prep French lead as well. So we know that the children are learning, again, the foundation blocks ready for their learning further in year three and onwards. And then officially the children have their French lessons taught by their class teacher once a week from year one right okay so that's yeah. that's the but time again, in like language pra- yeah very practical yes. stuff like that yeah. yeah yeah well obviously for Hobridge things are things are on the move aren't they um expanding they to year 11 and becoming obviously the yeah. leading independent school and working how do you feel about this exciting development I mean you've yes. talked a lot about the early years but what are your thoughts about it well, I'm, I'm happy to share, share Hobridge with the older children. Oh, it's, nice. you know, it's a really exciting, really exciting time. My previous school actually in Dubai was a through school. Um, and we really benefited from having those different facilities on site, being able to visit the big school and seeing the big children. Even now, actually, at Hobridge, we watch the children from the meadow, you know, the big sports events they have. Which our children love watching the role models of, you know, today, just having a lovely time and learning how um you know learning just seeing what the future holds for them and just aspiring to be that Hobridge kind of pioneer I guess and using their children's knowledge and understanding further up the school bringing them to us and they them taking control of maybe some learning activities um, in my previous setting, we had some year seven pupils and they used to come down and do some science with us every week. And it was just a little oh, wow. experiment each week. And it just completely captured those children's imaginations. And it got them really excited for learning how, what, why. And then the year sevens built their confidence mm-hmm. and it supported their learning as well. So it kind of works really well together. And even now as a well, I was a year one teacher for a long, for a few years here. Seeing the year six children in their end of year show, I feel such pride watching them and thinking, gosh, back back in year one, you know, they couldn't even hold a pencil. And now look, they're completely holding the stage and owning it. So I really look forward to following our children through further up the school and just seeing them ace those GCSE results and really making us proud and themselves proud and just following their journey from the beginning so that's a really special thing to be able to do. Uh, actually that is so true isn't it because you all be like oh they were so curious when they were two three four and look at them yeah. now and what they've yes. actually achieved with that and how they've actually harnessed Absolutely. that as well. Yeah. Um, well obviously we've talked a lot about you as a teacher and talked a lot about your professional life but how was your summer? Did you go anywhere or do anything fun? Thank you. Yes. Um, this summer, we so we go to Greece actually quite frequently as a family. We've Cassiopeia, a little kind of seaside beachy, rustic village in Corfu. And we go every year. And myself and my husband have been going there for the last few years together. 
Um, we took his pet, well, his parents took us actually to <laughs> nice. Greece this summer and we had a lovely time together. It was then my, my father's 60th that my parents flew out and we had a big family get together, um, which was really lovely. And again, talking about spending time with your children as they are when they're two and three, it's so important as grown-ups, if we're fortunate enough to be able to spend time with our family to really soak that time up. So we were back in our special place and had a lovely holiday. Thank you. So it was really lovely. So if you could choose your perfect summer holiday, would that involve Greece or would there be something else as well included? Well, Greece always has a bit of, you know, has stolen my heart. But then, of course, other holidays, you know, I've got family in Ireland, which is lovely. I love going to Ireland. When it's when it's sunny in Ireland, it's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, think, I, rain, I think you're going to have to give up on that I one. Know. <laughs> the rain slightly ruins things, but it's always, you know, a lovely, again, relaxing trip. Lots of walks, lots of lovely food and just great quality conversations and time with family. So yeah, holidays are family time, resting and just re- kind of recuperating and just recharging those batteries, ready to hit the ground running again in September, which is exactly what's happened. So I can imagine there's probably a lot of running. And so what have you yes. got on your, what, what are you looking to um, over the next few days? What are some of the projects or exciting things that the early years will be encountering? As practitioners, we've just had our information evenings for parents this week which was a wonderful um, opportunity for parents to come along, hear about what we do, how we do it, and what the kind of year looks like for their children and explaining slightly a bit about the curriculum. So we've had those this week. And then moving forward, we've got some workshops coming up for parents to learn about what literacy looks like and the phonics program we use and things. That's kind of the grown-up stuff. For the children, they've all started. They've got completely stuck in their hooks. So we hook our children into their learning, a stunning start, some may call it. For example, again, in, in reception, they've been child-led learning and one teacher in particular has spotted boys loving cars. And whatever age, I think, if you're a boy and you see a car, you make this noise, don't you? Like a vroom noise. And so we're learning, we're teaching the children, actually, cars don't just make that noise. They're about, there's so much more about them. And the children are really getting down to the understanding of how to draw a car how to under, to name parts of the car and talk about where the car might be going. So it's just, they're steering and channeling that love for cars into something really productive and actually they're learning as they go. So they're completely all hooked in. There's lots of baking going on and gardening outside and they're all just very busy. Again, learning, learning about each other, getting to know each other, lots of new families joining us. So the children are developing those those, that start of relationships with their peers um, and teachers are really encouraging that with different circle times and we use the colour monster right tell us a little bit about that what is the colour monster so the colour monster is a book right and the colour monster just um, is a really good way to for children to articulate their feelings so for example he's if he's feeling yellow he's a happy sm- happy sunshiny confident he's feeling great so the children might say, oh, I'm feeling yellow. Like, this is great. And sometimes after playtime, you have to come in and we might have to turn green, which is calm. So how can we make ourselves feel green? What can we do to make ourselves feel calm? It's all about regulating emotions, regulating yourself. Um, and if he's feeling, if the colour monster is mixed up, some, that something's not quite right. So the children can choose in reception, they self-regulate and they self-register to show where they're feeling. They put their photo of themselves onto a colour to show the teacher, to identify how they're feeling. The teacher can then act upon that if little Johnny has put himself on the red monster or something's happened at playtime and he's not feeling very, he's feeling sad, red means sad. So the teacher can intervene and sort 
and kind of turn that frown upside down as we say and that's just a really easy way for the children to understand their emotions and talk about it because in the nursery they struggle to know how they're feeling Mm. they can't articulate it they just they just are cross um, so we try and teach them from that age just about it's okay to feel this way. You'll feel this way because let's see how we can make you feel a different way. So it's using that kind of language. And actually, yeah, we're a great tool for self-regulation, isn't it? Well, Eva, it's been a pleasure Absolutely. to speak to you. Um, and obviously all the best with your workshops. It sounds a brilliant initiative to make sure that parents understand what's going on and the support that you give them as well. Enjoy the rest of the year. We look forward to hearing more about it and seeing the fruits everything you're doing and uh, we hope you also have some good time of resting as well oh thank you so much thank you that's it for this episode to find out more check out the school website hopebridgeschool.co.uk now the next episode is coming out soon but in the meantime thank you for listening to this one don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch and we look forward to seeing you next time bye for now